Welcome to Not Another Wellness Podcast. This is Natalie Dillinger, and this is episode 31. Today's episode is all about CBD and the benefits for your body, the proper doses, things to look out for when you're in the market for CBD. So I wanted to bring on the experts to share what it is, what it's not, and talk about proper dosing and just all the things you need to know but didn't know who to ask to get the answer. I got you covered. Pauline and Kaylee from No High Wellness are here to explain and answer all of our questions, including your questions that you had and sent to me on Instagram. So that'll be towards the end of the episode. So here we go. Let's talk about some CBD. So I'm Pauline Buller. I am the founder of Akuru Healing Arts and Sciences, which is the parent company, and the founder of No High Wellness, which once I came out to Colorado, No High Wellness was kind of my birth child to um, really help and educate people. And Kaylee, do you want to do a little intro? So my name is Kaylee, and I recently graduated from the Art Institute, and that's where I met Pauline. Um, she came in on like my portfolio showing day and it was really crazy and I had all these people and I remember she came up to me and was like, I just have this idea and I thought I was going to be making labels for like edibles because I, this is a huge learning curve for me too. So I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. But then like we sat down and of course, like I have a huge backstory, which can always be saved for another time or something. But when I sat down with her, like Or my go heart, watch Kaylee's story on yeah, the website. I do, <laughs> I do have a story on my Facebook, which was yeah. it was hard for me to get through because I went through a very traumatic sickness as well. And to put it simply, the doctors straight up told me they didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, they gave me no diagnosis, and at one point I thought I was dying. Like, I told my mom, like, this is it. Like, I'm dying. So it was really crazy, and that's how I turned to holistic healing. So when I met with Pauline, and she, like, told me all this stuff, like, my heart was just like, oh, my God, we were meant to yes, meet. Yes, this is like, meant <laughs> to happen. But back to what you are saying, the main goal of, of no high. Just finish. How do you want to put that into, like, a... Yeah, well, so Nohai really became established through my entire journey. I okay. have been practicing for over a decade as a complementary and alternative medicine practitioner. So complementary yeah. and alternative medicine. Medicine. So that's what the partnership is, is between getting our extracts out to people and pairing them with providers for a holistic approach to health and healing. That's a that's a very it's, it's a big task. Broad, it's a big task, <laughs> and I'm sure it includes a lot of different like healing modalities. It does, so. and that's the beautiful part is that this really is putting healing back in the hands of the individual. It's really giving people the power and a say again in their health. Um, so much of that has been guided for us, or kind of been misleaded and taken away. Some of that power has been taken away mm. through allopathic medicine being so huge that they're on the prevention side of the fence when they really shouldn't be. Um, putting all of those things back into our own hands gives us our own intuitive power. It also reconnects us in body, mind, and spirit. Mm -hmm. And when we make those connections, we can make some decisions about, yes, I'm feeling like my body needs acupuncture. or Yes, I'm feeling like I need a massage today. Or I need to sit and I need to meditate. It's those intuitions that we have innately in our own body. I really like that because I don't think 
it's common obviously it's not common to know exactly what you need it's like I might try this thing because I heard it's good for you without really understanding the specific benefits for each modality Completely. And I think that where that has happened is because we have this huge realm of technology and information in front of us. So we're constantly in that and we're constantly kind of outside of ourselves researching that or looking at that. But to really sit and to bring that into our own bodies, it's a totally different experience. And it's an experience that a lot of people haven't played with and maybe aren't comfortable with. So one thing as a holistic healer that, that we taught in the hospitals too was how to come into yourself to to notice those things in your body to make those slight changes and to have that kind of power and effect and these were even with you know people that were on i was seeing people on an average of 12 prescription drugs so it was a complicated case complicated mess of kind of things put on the body layered on and that that affects us mentally and spiritually emotionally all of those things so right i'm i'm wondering yeah if you're somebody that does have to take a lot of different medications to be quote-unquote well or better how do how does that kind of stand in the way from that process of kind of tuning in completely and it does stand in the way of the process because it it really changes the entire flow of of really of your being um in energy medicine uh it, it actually is factual that most disease happens outside of our physical body first it's it's happening outside it's happening in our etheric body it's happening emotionally for us spiritually for us before it actually has been a physical manifestation in the body hmm. so it's a, a it's a totally new concept for people to to think about it in that yeah. way yeah can we deconstruct that a little cuz that is new yeah. even for me so yeah. if it's if it's it's there outside of the body before you feel the side right. effect of it. Yeah, so you can think about there like um, Dr. Yamoto who did the big study with water. Okay, and they they um, put positive thoughts into water, and it turned into these beautiful crystallizations under a microscope. And then they put negative thoughts into water, and they saw it become murky and muddy. So it's it's that same kind of thing as how energy is affecting everything. Energy, yeah. yeah. I've seen that same thing with plants. Yeah. There's, like, been projects of, okay, say nice compliments to your plants or, like, say pleasantries to your plants Absolutely. and watch how they grow. Yeah. And then separate plants, not so positive, negative things, and, yes. and see what happens. So it's this concept of, of we are not separate from anything. And so to really separate ourselves off and introduce things that are kind of synthetic to the natural uh, body ecology of our system, that's where we're getting into trouble. Because our evolution has gone so much further in medications and in even our food sources than our body ecology has ever been able to um, keep up with. And so where does that go? It has to go somewhere. We're not able to process all of that off. And that's where we're getting into trouble with mm-hmm. inflammatory conditions, which really is the underlying cause to all disease. I hear that all yeah. the time. What would be your approach to visiting somebody uh, in a hospital? How do you make the first step? Well, and this, I was part of a program called the Penny George Institute for Health and Healing. It's actually the nation's largest integrative health program embedded in the Western medical system. A lot of people don't know about it. So we were consulted from physicians and nurses to go in and take a more holistic approach. Oftentimes it was when 
physicians didn't have a lot of answers. And they knew there was complexities to this person's case because they were still charting on a pain of 10, even though they were giving them morphine and all these other things that they shouldn't be, quote unquote, experiencing, you know, pain. pain. Yeah. So the consult would come in and the approach at bedside was to view everything, every aspect of what was going on in their life. Um, to understand all of the underlying things. Oftentimes, especially people in the hospital, bring in previous pain from a previous hospital visit. So that comes in to the mix. So they see a white coat come in, they're, they're anxious, they're, you know, so it becomes a conditioned response in the body, and that, mind, and spirit. It's like synergy, it like it brings. So it elevates. Elevates the. And so then, then like scientifically or, or a physician can't understand that part of it. So then a holistic provider has to like look at it from a mind, body, spirit aspect. What's been happening in your life, you know, in your family life, what's been happening emotionally, where are you at spiritually? Because a lot of disease too today comes from our lack of this understanding of this connection to a whole or that we're, we're bigger than than what we've been told we are through doctrines or through Absolutely. religion. Yeah. It seems like the, just the way we've structured our culture and the way we yeah. are teaching our our kids and ourselves and what yeah. we're exposed to is so far away from that natural wellness, well-rounded perspective. It's very much like, I don't know, it's more like a business. It's like, great, we have a problem yeah. and here's your solution and that's all it's you have true. to think about. Yeah. Um, well, and I think we've gotten into trouble in that way because we're, we want to compartmentalize things and we want to find the solution to something within a compartment of ourselves. And there are no compartments, yeah. you know, this is... It, we need to open it up. Uh, so what do you say to people that would say, you know, I, I really want to fix this. I want to quick, I feel terrible. I want to feel better. Fix me. Mm. You know, what do you feel needs to be fixed? Because we need to understand that we're perfect already. Even in a person in a disease state, I'm already languaging for them that they are perfect, that they have that ability to recognize things within themselves that aren't where they want to be, but that they have a way to find resources to get to a place where they either remember themselves as as a whole person or a happy person. So a lot of it is done through mind-body. So then that would be done through visualizations, meditations, taking them through a visualization where they become that, that person, that whole person, that healthy person. Because we can't start to adapt it into our body unless we can actually sit there and visualize it for ourselves. A lot of mind-body is, is what are used in those situations. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a cool technique called emotional freedom technique where it's tapping. Tapping. Yeah, so you tap in. Yeah, so you find, you let them speak, you let them talk about the negative um, response that spikes either the anxiety or the pain. Right. And then you back that off through tapping. And then they, all of a sudden, when they've released it, they'll be able to talk say a positive statement, the positive yeah. statement that you're asking them to affirm themselves with. So just really a quick fun. like side note to that. I was at a book really? signing um, for Gabby Bernstein, who I know she's like a, the spiritual healer. She's written a lot and of books. She's yeah. all the books. And I, the whole room, did this tapping technique. And, t- and, and while speaking things, like I, I was like, I am safe. I think yeah. like I am yeah. whole. Like I am yeah. loved. I am love. And... It was so moving and super powerful. I wanted to come back to that. And so I'm really glad this ties into what you're saying because I think that's like 
such an easy thing you can do for yourself once you learn the parts of the body to tap on. Absolutely. Just to, like, get out what whatever you need to from within if it is that negativity. So you can come full circle to exactly what you said. Like um, Absolutely. And that, that experience that you just talked about right there, right there, that is you connecting with something greater than just your physical being yes. and listening, right, and following what those instincts were for you to yes. go find those books, to go seek that that training. That That's exactly what I'm talking about. That is the piece that people... <laughs> she does that a lot. I love <laughs> Yeah, cool. and I remember going to that. I call it being in the flow. There's so much in here, and I'm uh, geeking out, and I want to go in every direction. <laughs> right. um, Believe me, this is my life. So. <laughs> I love but, geeking out about it. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, it's so great. Just curious no. if you could tell us how you got into this. Like, what? Yeah, right. How did you get? I here? mean, I was living in LA. I was a fashion. I studied fashion at Arizona State University. I was a department store buyer in LA, living living what I thought the dream was, you know. And I got cancer. Yeah, I was probably as active as I've ever been in my life. Um, I was biking twenty five mile bike rides, a scuba diver, um, and. All of a sudden was in an aerobics class and started wheezing and did not feel myself and went through, you know, I was maybe 27 years old. So you do what you do and you have your little health insurance plan and and you go to the doctor and they kept telling me, oh, we think you have mono. And I just felt like something wasn't right and luckily found a, a doctor that was fairly newly graduated out of med school and he saw some signs that just weren't sitting right with him and he sent me off for a chest x-ray and that's when I discovered I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma yeah I had a a grapefruit sized tumor attached to my heart and lungs that was non-operable super invasive growing crazy you go through this like um, chemotherapy drug program that was really a trial. It was out of USC UCLA Medical Center. So I was on a lot of chemotherapy drugs that weren't even approved yet. So I was like, do this or these are your options or, you know, you may not wow. make it. How did you face that like emotionally at that age? Like how did you, how do you handle yeah. that as a 27 year old? I know it, it was interesting. And looking back at it now, it's like, you know, you immediately go into the tunnel. You do. I mean, anyone that gets that kind of a diagnosis, you kind of, you go into this place of, of not hearing or feeling or seeing anything. You're just kind of lost in the words that are being told to you. But out of that, I just emerged like, I'm not ready to, I have so much that I still want to do. Like, I'm not ready to be done here. So I think it just gave me a lot of strength. Yeah, and probably put of, you, your life in your in perspective. Like, what do I um, almost immediately? What's na- like, yeah, like is things not- that mattered to me <sighs> didn't matter anymore. I had, I had no, and that was hard for people around me, and that's hard for relationships around you because all of a sudden you become a changed person, but everybody else is still who they are. It's not, it's not really happening to them directly. Right. So, so yeah. So how did you find healing for yourself? Even though at that point. Um, I wasn't in the healing arts. I definitely have always been in the arts and sciences. I've been in photography and music and fashion. It's always been a big part of my life. I immediately started to just innately be connected spiritually to something that I knew was larger than myself. And so even though I was going through conventional treatment, there were a lot of things that I started doing 
innately. Like, I can't tell you why I started doing them necessarily. I mean, sometimes it was things that I read or I got ideas. I was living in California at the time. It's pretty, you know. So I immediately started just exploring some of these things. And I knew that there was something going on in my healing that was outside of my traditional treatments with doctors. I knew it because just of how I was able to progress through extensive chemotherapy that probably should have killed me in and of itself. And they immediately saw the tumor shrinking, like even beyond what their expectations were of how the medications should be working in the body. So I knew a lot more was at work. And I I was doing daily visualizations about um, the fact that these drugs were toxic. I was visualizing that they were not toxic, that they were actually just amazing, beautiful, flowing water, or, you know, things that were actually healing my body and not destroying my body. That's exactly like that water thing you're talking about, like how you treat something or how you frame something in your mind. It's all how you frame it. Yeah, yeah even if you kind of know. Yeah, right. <laughs> you kind of have to like fool even yourself. Though, yeah. <laughs> wow. it is a, it's, a, it's a tricky little balance, yeah. That and it's not to say a... that I didn't have devastating times, sure. you know, where I was a complete mess. Um, but That is such a powerful mindset around, around that. Because you hear, I think, cancer is so scary and, and disease is scary. And yeah. when you're that young, I think it's so easy to be... I, I can't relate, but it's so easy. I can imagine just be terrified of, yeah. of what's to come and feel so helpless. But the the only thing it, it, that you can control is the way you have to face. And, and that yes. is a lesson everyone can take something from. Like, anyway. So that's, that's where the passion stems from. I knew, like, even though I stayed in corporate America after that a while, just because I was so young, I knew that um, something deep and profound was going to change for me and, and how and w- what I had to share with the world and why I was motivated to do, you know, yeah. and get into the healing arts, go back to school, all of that. Yeah. Um, so you started- and I was using medical cannabis at the time in California. I was lucky okay. to be in a state where pretty early on, because this was the early 90s it was medicinally uh, given in california at that time okay. so it, it really helped get me through so many nauseated days where i could even try yeah. to take in food so i guess that's a good transition to you yeah, right <laughs> i feel like we could have done two like full that. episodes on <laughs> that was very that was very clever so so what does in the 80s 90s what does medicinal marijuana look like it's a pill that was manufactured in a sense like like taking the compounds of a cannabis plant and putting it in pill form so that you know just because it it wasn't what it is today in terms of its legalization right yeah so it was much more controlled at that time it was and what compounds are you referring to that exist in um a cannabis in cannabis so cannabis actually is um Okay, so it's a flowering plant. It actually dates back 37 million years to Central South Asia. Wow. Yeah, really, really far back. And there, and there are really three components of it. There's the cannabis sativa, cannabis indica, and the third one, which I'm not even thinking of right now. Um, so this plant, from what they could tell in its relationship to the environment, because everything in plant medicine goes back to like, its original signature. Like, why is it here? What is it here to do for the world? Um, And it grew, actually, to protect people from the high exposure of UV radiation from the sun that was happening. Wow. 
Wow. So fascinating. And so if you look at how, if you try to go back and look at some older pictures, even pictures today of how the plant grows, you'll somewhat see it grows super tall, straight to the sun, and it has almost like these umbrella kind of things that come off of it. So it almost looks like Like shade. Yeah. Like protection. Exactly. So it was protecting us from harsh environments. So really, and we'll, and we'll, you'll see where once we go full circle with this, where the plant is now helping us from our environment in a much more chemical internal way. So yeah, cool. so so then it migrated. You know, it was in India, went to Middle East, all of that. But um, India, probably in the last eighteen thousand years, it became more of a of a mainstream plant. Um, but that was still eighteen thousand years ago. That's so long. Ago. They have it. Yeah, yeah. A thousand years ago, they pretty much put it into their medical documentation and journals to protect the medicinal value of this plant. Because they knew what it was doing. Okay. Today's plant is quite a bit different. Yeah. But there are aspects of, of the plant that are still there. And that is a huge part of what No High Wellness is about, is reconnecting back to the original signature and the botany of the plant. The problem is now that we've crossbred and we've kind of have these amazing people that are great at their trade, right? But um, our THC levels in the plant are manufactured in a way. Um, They would never be THC levels that would have existed in those days of the plant in its original form. Oh, so they modified it to make it higher THC. Higher THC. Yeah, because of the the trends, because of recreational use, because of this desire to have this, you know, the psychoactive effect with THC. So interesting. I had no idea. So... You were using, um, back in the 80s, 90s, in California, where it was uh, medically used for nausea. Yes. And that's where um, THC does work a little bit better in the body, is for a nausea kind of. Okay. Yep. But they were isolating things. They weren't taking a whole compound of the plant. And that's kind of where we are at now, even today. We are either growing to have high THC so right so we can put it into all of these edibles or chewies or um smoking it smoking the true flower um into waxes into all kinds of things mm-hmm. then we also have the all that else that's left of the plant and that is the healing components of the plant that don't get you high so yeah. a common misconception is that all cannabinoids are like our drugs and they're going to get us high. Totally. When in fact, it's only THC out of the plant right. that acts on the CB1 receptors in the brain and gives a psychoactive effect. So curious about uh, you taking these pills yeah. back then. So when you were taking them, they were, um, like you're saying, more controlled, a little bit di- more specifically yeah. used for um, pain and nausea. So were yeah. you feeling the effects of the THC when you took the, the pills? Or was it kind of like... Yeah, it was very sedative, you know. sedative. Mm -hmm. So I almost didn't, um, and on days where I really couldn't stomach anything and I was that nauseous, you know, it would help. What I actually found was smoking flour in those cases was a lot better on Mm. the nausea because these pills, like I said, are anytime you're taking something and they're kind of recreating a compound and putting it into a some a substance other than what its original form was, mm-hmm. you're losing you're losing some benefits. Some, some like power maybe or yeah. yeah, some benefits. Yes. Interesting. So yeah, as so you were saying that um the 
plant has changed over time. The pills have changed over time. The use of it has changed, and, yeah. and there's so many. And right now, the the huge, the biggest thing is um, the CBD component of it. Correct. So. I feel like there's... I know. There's so many ways to go. So let me see if I can clear up. So so a lot of people ask, what are cannabinoids? So basically, they're naturally occurring compounds in the plant. There are over 480 compounds in a cannabis (laughs) or hemp plant. 480 compounds. About 111 to 113 of them, there's data in both places, so it's hard to say, are actually considered cannabinoids. Of that, there are probably only about four main cannabinoids that are being extracted today. THC, obviously one. Yes. CBD. Right. CBC and CBG. Huh. But, yes, think of it like this. So this is what they're calling the entourage effect, where if you isolate something, like if if you were in a room all by yourself, you'd have less of, of a stance or a voice than a crowd of people in a way, right, trying to evoke change let's say same kind of thing if you isolate only one compound it's going to be less effective in the body than if you have all of the count compounds together together working together as a team set up to it's naturally set up that way it's interesting to think about that way like we extract the thc and the, the cbd for this and that but when it comes down to it like just like anything, it's a whole. It's a whole plant. It's a and whole. it does. It works it's together. Like we are a whole being. Yeah. So cannabis is the plant. Yes. Then cannabinoids are the compounds. Compounds within yes. the plant. Okay. Because I think that. Would, um, and then a lot CBD of people say, of "Well, why? What, what's hemp then?" Yeah. Then what's hemp? That's yeah. my question. Well, it's <laughs> in botany. Cannabis and hemp are the same thing. Okay. It, it when it moved when it migrated to to Europe, it was during prohibition. And also, the European countries discovered other purposes for the plant. The stem of the plant is very fibrous. That's why you see a lot of hemp fiber products. So hemp is more from the stem. Yes. They use different parts of the plant. But actually, it was just a language thing that they adopted because of legislature and because Mm -hmm. of prohibition and because of legalities. They wanted to be able to use this plant for other things. And so... Yeah, they used it as hemp. Like, isn't are there clothes made out of hemp? Yeah, like string is hemp. And, string, rope, right. lotions, okay. lotions. Yeah, yeah. So hemp stock and hemp seed creates hemp seed oil, which you're not going to get a lot of. It's not really the same medicinally. It doesn't work the same way. It doesn't have the full spectrum of cannabinoids. Um, yes, there's some good things about hemp seed oil in terms of its property on the skin and lotions and stuff like that but okay. some of the challenges that have been that is because most of the CBD that has been extracted has been extracted for an isolate meaning they're just trying to take CBD off of the plant off of the cannabis plant where they've produced that plant mostly for high THC so your yield of CBD is going to be lower that's one way CBD has been extracted the other way is through industrial hemp which both cannabis, hemp, whatever, the same plant, same botany, it's a bioaccumulator plant, meaning it takes everything from the soil into the plant. That's a dangerous thing if we're not careful about how we're cultivating, how we're growing, the conditions that What's it's under. What's in the soil. What we're putting in the soil, what we're putting on the, the plant. plant. Yeah. Um, so these are all super critically important things. Um, so when I came, I came to Colorado in search of the healthiest option to be using cannabis, to really be ingesting endocannabinoids. 
or cannabinoids for our endocannabinoid system. And it took two years to find a product because 95% of it was coming from industrial hemp where they use some of the stems, they use some of the seeds. Where what, Remember what we talked about? All of those things were more industrial purposes. Right. We don't want to be putting that stuff into our body because of what we, what, we're, what we leave out of our bodies is just as important as what we put in them. And we don't need to be putting in more toxins when that's really what we're trying to do is it's get our bodies avoid. back to homeostasis. Right. So the endocannabinoid system, they discovered through this really interesting process of kind of following um, a cord or a string through um, at a cellular level to see what was happening, like where what receptors were being activated. And that's how they discovered we have our own internal endocannabinoid system of receptors. So we lose these. We naturally produce cannabinoids in our body. That is what maintains homeostasis in the body. This is what they've discovered. So we are losing them just based on age, disease, kind of our own environmental toxins, our own stress, um, and they need to be replaced. This is the big. This is the big thing about getting the full spectrum of the plant, all of the cannabinoids working together to create this homeostasis back homeostasis, in our body. Yeah, homeostasis is really everything. If you go to like anatomy, physiology uh, textbooks, it's really about all of the ecology of our body, right. which is really um, what also leads to having healthiest body ecology that we can ha- possibly have to support this as well. So this is where nutrition is such a huge factor mm-hmm. um, and monitoring our body's pH. For us in in clinical, most of our clients on this product right now are also in some way connected to me clinically. So I have access to kind of what it's doing for them in their bodies. And we are seeing the product, the full spectrum cannabinoid extracts, um, balance pH in the body which is a really big deal. Yeah. Um, a lot of us are sitting with improper pH balances and most people aren't even attending to that. Or, right. you know, all you have to do is go get strips at Walgreens right. and test your pH. Like literally take, test your you pH. You should be like at 7.0 or higher Yeah. Um, for dosing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so pH is a, is a big part of yeah. homeostasis. Um, I guess, would you say it's replenishing the the endocannabinoid system in, the, yeah. in your body. It is. So um, our own endocannabinoid system produces cannabinoids, but we make them on demand and they're not stored in the body. This lends itself to, in the research to why No High Wellness went with a mycodosing program. Okay. Um, because there actually were studies out of Israel. Um, the, the team there has really been leading all of the research um, that created when they when they had people on a CBD as an isolate, there was definitely a drop off in terms of its effectiveness as an isolate alone. Then they ran the same study with a full spectrum of cannabinoids right, as much as they could of, get right. all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they saw a much much better results as well as it didn't drop off as much in the body. But between both of them, they discovered that. There's definitely a point at which it was not doing any good in the body. Mm. So there was 
there's not like a way where you could overdose in a sense, like that it's going to do anything to your body. It's just that your body then just has to eliminate. Right. Those it's like things. taking like a million milligrams of vitamin C vitamin when C you can only absorb just, like so much of it. Yeah. So you're kind of just like throwing your right down the street. Because you need the vitamin, the B's and the, okay. and the um, other things to absorb the C. But yeah. But yeah. So, so microdosing is a way to work with the gentle balance of our own endocannabinoid system in order to replace them without wasting. I mean, this, this product isn't, it's not cheap not either. Cheap, no. And we, we don't want people, you know, consuming more than they need to yeah. and just eliminating it or having to eliminate it. And so no high wellness has two, two skews. We have what we're deeming active and wellness. It is the same. Um, it's, a one ounce bottle and a two ounce bottle. So there's 750 milligrams of cannabinoids in one and 1500 in the other. So it is the same 25 milligrams of CBD and seven milligrams of CBC and CBG per dose. Okay. But the dosing is different to kind of gear people or split people a little bit into lifestyles. Active, we're going to have to assume a little bit more that person has a slightly healthier body ecology, right? Maybe they're eating healthier. They're much more active in their lifestyle. They're not really dealing with any major um, health concerns. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're just looking for it for general inflammation reduction because they're very active, looking to eliminate some toxins. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe they have some pain from sports injuries um, or possibly there well and we're all you know having some suffering from anxiety so that would be a dosing of 2.5 milliliters twice a day so you get the f- milliliter dose but you're splitting it twice okay the wellness splits it four times and that's because we have a lot more complexity going on in the body if you're on the wellness product you're you really have some other things that we're we're then asking you to kind of partner with us yeah. too because we can put you in touch with um, complementary alternative modalities that may help you get through some of that those yeah. severe conditions. Yeah, we were talking about this one before we started recording, and Kaylee is here as well. Um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> that people, um, you know, come in with years of these habits and maybe ailments and just maybe not having the time to take care of themselves properly or not the knowledge or being stressed out. And the way we're kind of raised is here's a pill. This is going to make everything better. But I like the point that, um, this is not something you take that's going to solve all your problems. And that's all you have to do. Like wellness is, is working. It's a, it's a work in progress. It's, it's adding all these things in to your life to help, you out depending on what you need and we all kind of need to think that way like it's it's not that traditional sense of like here's the cure um it's how do we start building you know peeling the layers back to get to what we really need okay so we have that example of a friend who came to us yeah yeah um so i'm a lot younger i'm 23 (laughs) so my journey with health started at a really young age and my favorite thing that Pauline has ever said, um, can we cuss on this podcast? Yeah. So we were sitting at coffee one day <laughs> and Pauline was just like, she was so inspired and we were just talking about all this. And I just told her how excited I was to be a part of it. And she made a comment like people your age need to wake the fuck up <laughs> because we can't just one thing's not going to fix all. We can't just in just one thing and think that everything's going to be fixed. Right. It's a lot of things we have to work through like and that's both mental and physical so 
I did have a friend, and I've had a couple of people that have come to me that are dealing with anxiety and depression, and, like, I'm really lucky because I don't, I don't deal with those. So I can't really connect with people on that, but it is a very common thing. And so she came to us, and she kind of told me her symptoms, and, like, it makes me so sad that so many people my age, and, like, it's various ages now, but mm-hmm. they they feel so stuck. And it, like, hurts my heart because at 23, I feel like I'm killing it right now. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, my gosh, you should feel like how I feel. So I had a bunch of questions come through um, the podcast I want to pull up here because some of them have to do with, like, milligrams and dosing and where to get the CBD from. So let me just find that. Um, But, yeah, I guess my question... What are just say the milligrams again of what your two products are and maybe like because that's obviously your recommendation. Yeah, so our extract yields twenty five milligrams of CBD, okay, seven milligrams of CBC and CBG per milliliter, and we're recommending a milliliter dose a day, just as an everyday kind of use. Mm-hmm. Um, this is safe to use every day. There is no it's zero percent THC, so you won't. You'll be able to use it in your everyday routines without any kind of a high effect or psychoactive effect. Okay. Um, So active breaks that one milligram up into two doses and wellness breaks up into four doses. That's based on kind of where your body ecology is at. Yeah. We'd see. So some questions. This came from Megan. Would CBD come up in a drug test? Like this is a big maybe misconception what CBD is. CBD would not. Right. Yes. There's no THC in just... CBD, CBD only works on the cannabinoid receptors in the body. Like, there are more than C- 1 and 2. There's CB1 and CB2. There are actually more, but that gets very technical. Um, but it only acts on the CB2 receptors, not the psychoactive receptors in okay. the brain. And your tinctures don't have THC. Correct. Because, you know, and I'm we're not an anti-THC platform. You know, the, the spiritual... There were medicinal, spiritual aspects of the plant, like I just talked about, the date all the way back to India 37 million years ago. Yeah. But it's the way it's the way we've mass-produced THC, and it's also the way we're overusing it. So um, we felt that there really needed to be a product where you get the benefits of all the other cannabinoids, and you can manage your THC needs separately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. Major differences with, like, consumption. I guess you were saying sublingually, like, under your tongue. Yeah. How do people, how should you... That's because that goes directly into the bloodstream. The reason that is very important, again, going back to how our endocannabinoid system works, but um, if we were just to consume CBD through an edible, let's say, it goes right to the gut. Well, so many of us have some digestive health issues right now. We're dealing with a lot. We're processing a lot of toxins off of our food that we never had to deal with before. So you're really wasting a lot of those milligrams um, by having it go directly to the stomach. Okay. Yeah. So it should be put under the tongue. Gets right into the bloodstream. For how long do you? I've heard 30 seconds to a minute. It's, It's almost like a homeopathic dose if anybody's ever done one of those. But if not, we do ask, you know, you hold it under your tongue about 30 seconds. Best to not, like, have brushed your teeth or eaten a whole bunch of stuff um, right before you would dose and maybe a few minutes after. Okay. You know, just allowing that that absorption to happen. Like, keep it separately. So you wouldn't say, like, don't mix it in, like, your coffee and then drink it. Let's let's keep this as separate. This is like a... This is a separate plant medicine. Yep. Um, I had a question 
from somebody here. Let's see. A few different ones. I guess the dosing question came up, so I like to hear what you prescribe, say. Yeah, and that came out of just me doing research. You know, I was new to this whole industry as well, and I had to really research everything to know how NOHI needed to be positioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And that came from some cannabis physicians that through research um, and also going back and looking at the research of the ECS, the endocannabinoid system, is what made, it made most sense to me, um, you know, a provider, and I'm very into the science of the body, um, it made the most sense to me is that we need to just replenish those more gently instead of like, oh, I'm going to take this huge gob of CBD. And again, like I said, I wouldn't, there is in research, in studies, it shows you there's a, there's a cap off. There's, it's a bell curve. So, um, Kelsey was asking, does CBD work better when there's also THC in the product? I know there's some kind of like combo effect here or like yeah. if you take too much THC, the CBD can actually help with that. Is that true? It, it's true. And we, we did post on that. It's the terpenes too um, that help pull um, kind of some of that THC out of the CB1 receptors in the brain. So if you take too much THC and you're feeling a little out of it, you can do things like black peppercorns, pistachios, limes, because mm. of the terpenes that are... Terpenes in food are also like terpenes in the plant. Um, those can bring down the high, as well as dosing a high CBD product without THC. Those kinds of things can balance you out. Okay. I think that was your last Instagram post. Yeah. yeah. I was like reading it. I was like, oh, this is cool good. interest. Yeah. I was like, was this good. is so interesting because... Because we want to give people those those tips and yeah. those resources. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of um, back and forth about do you need the one-to-one? Like there mm-hmm. are a lot of kind of hip, cool inhalers that are a one-to-one ratio. I definitely think that if you do want effects of THC, a one-to-one ratio is a little bit better. You're more able to be active in your life, a little bit more social. You know, one <laughs> one thing that uh, is happening out there, though, is, is anxiety, right? Well, it's one thing that this product really helps with. But a lot of those are social anxieties. THC mm. actually is the worst thing, and they've already studied it, um, to put on your body when you are have social anxiety. It's going to make it worse. Yeah. So you'd be better off with a CBD product <laughs> totally. in this situation. Well, I think we don't so. have enough education on THC either. So, like, I myself can't smoke because I, like, I freak out. I freak out so much. And I think that people don't know. And, like, it kind of backs up to drinking, too. Like, THC and drinking, like, you can't consume a bunch of it and think that you're going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it takes... Yeah. That's good to know, though. Yeah. Like, Yeah. So, I mean, in, when we're dealing yeah. with specific diseases like... Um, cancer or even epilepsy, yes, that is when um, they have studied and researched and they know what amounts of THC to have and what particular strains work in those situations. And so that is where, yes, a a proponent of THC is important in those situations. Mm. But for an everyday kind of um, supplement or an everyday kind of wellness thing, all the other cannabinoids from the plant have so many benefits in the body that we don't need that THC to make them effective. So I guess to answer her question, it's not absolutely necessary to have them both. Um, Brittany was asking, can you intake too much? And and you kind of already answered that. So 
um, I think a good point to drive home is that it should be taken as like a everyday supplement. Like you're replenishing the body's lack, I guess. Um, it shouldn't be like a once a month thing. It's really probably not going to be that effective. Um, Correct. Or would you say? Correct. That's true. Yeah. Yes. And because really what we want to do is create that homeostasis in our bodies so that, that if we do have um, other things we want to address or work on, we feel much more balanced in order to do that. Mm-hmm. I have um, clinical cases where, and this is where the product has worked amazingly, is with women's breast cancer, which is completely on the rise. Um, I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but we're we're going to have an unsurmountable amount of invasive um, breast cancer and breast surgery that's already been kind of predetermined, which is weird. Um, but those women lose all of their lymph nodes. Um, and so they get what a condition that's called lymphedema. And so I work because I specialize in the lymphatic system in my work. I've mm. created a technique called lymphatic release, but it's really using manual lymph drainage in combination with the product. And I have seen incredible results of women's arms returning back to just about their normal size, where this is a condition that they will have for life. So just in that one application alone with breast cancer, there's so many women we can reach out to and so many women we can help, like, change their lives. And so to where they feel more like themselves, to where they feel maybe more motivated to go and be able to be active again or be in society again or be working out again. Hmm. Uh, I think I have, like, one more question. This also came from Megan. I feel like CBD makes me sleepy. Mm -hmm. Is there a certain dosh I should stick to to get the benefits and not feel sleepy? Yeah, and it it is kind of a common um, first side effect in a way. And in some ways, I I don't know what she's dosing, so it's hard for me to answer. But in some ways, I think the way our body reacts is what our body needs. Um, She may not, she may be in a very disbalance in her body and sleep may be something she really needs. She may be at a point of adrenal fatigue. Um, But I think our micro dosing program really will help with that because we're not putting too much on the body at one time. Yes. We're breaking it up a little bit, allowing the body to absorb what it needs to when it needs to. Because remember how I mentioned, we only produce what's needed in the moment and we don't store them naturally in the body. So why would we put more on something that normally naturally doesn't get stored there anyway? Interesting. That's a great answer. Um, Where can people find you? Yeah. So it's nohighwellness.com. And no what does no high stand for? Sorry. Yeah, that's the best part, <laughs> right? Oh, because there is no high <laughs> from our product. So with 0% THC. And I noticed in moving to Colorado, I, I first moved in and I lived in Rhino because, you know, I wanted to be part of the art community. And I'm like, Rhino? It's Rhino, Samar. And they're like, River North. And I'm like, okay. So then, oh. you know, I found out that there's Lodo, Lodo. you know, and then there's like... Low High. Low High. And then I work out in Boulder and it's Nobo and Sobo. So Nobo I'm like, Sobo. wait a minute, you know, so No High. Let's call the product That's amazing. No High. So not only is it 0% THC and you will not get high from the product it really speaks to denver and we really wanted to celebrate denver and, and colorado and the mountains yeah absolutely the mountains that we have in our logo they break down into 
what our company is, which is we run on education, sustainability, and transparency. Mm. Um, so there's these three pillars, and the two other little mountains, like at the bottom, are like our wellness and our active skew. And so, nice. oh, yeah. I could just as well I as the mountains go back all day. Yeah, <laughs> I get so the excited. mountains go back to mind, body, spirit as well. So on Ooh, the, mind, body connection. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just the three so there's a lot of amazing, yeah. cool. It's cool. Awesome. Yeah. So nohighwellness.com, um, yes. based out of in, in Denver. Yes, mm-hmm. based in Denver. So and we'll physically go there if you're Instagram and we're on Facebook. Instagram and Facebook. Um, we're trying to get a couple more platforms up and running. And so, I'll just say you have so much information on your post and I really okay. enjoyed them. So cool. Um, and the other, you know, thing that's super important to our business is our growth for the future. And so I really want to put out there, I'm looking for providers, I'm looking for educators, I'm looking for kind of advocates and influencers. So if you or anyone you know, if this resonates with you, like contact us. We really want to talk to you. We really want people involved in the community. And there are so many exciting things coming. Uh, one thing we didn't mention, which I should, is um, No High Wellness was selected as the wellness brand by Kevin Harrington. He was one of the original sharks of Shark Tank. Wow. For the first time ever, CBD is going to be on television in a DRTV campaign. Yes. It's wow. so incredible. That's awesome. It's so incredible. So yeah. look for our um, campaign and our commercial coming soon, and there'll, there'll be more information about that. You can subscribe on our website. Um, but this is a big deal, and um, we're, we're we feel so blessed as a team to like be acknowledged from that healing and that wellness um, platform. Because in fact, they found me through a crew healing arts and sciences. They didn't initially even find me as a like the t- traditional roads of mm-hmm. you know. Cause there's a lot of big CBD manufacturers out there, yeah. so that spoke a lot to what we're trying to do in our mission and our vision. So we'd love for people to get involved. And we, we love people. We love like people. we're such a lively group, and the more people, the better. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Your passion for this all the knowledge that you have collectively um i I found it very informative i know everyone else will too i think this is very important in the time right now this is just like we just need to have a lot of these questions answered and just spread this kind of message well, thank you for so, having us. Absolutely. Like I say, thank I listen so to much. your podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so when I meet you, I'm like, oh, this is like surreal. Nice. <laughs> I know you're in it right now. <laughs> no, are. it was really so cool to connect. Um, I love what Instagram does in the way that it can connect us. It's a great you tool know? for us to use, not for it to use us. Right. Yes, that's a huge thing. <laughs> Scaly posted. Good point. <laughs> yes. Seriously. Um, yeah, so this is, this is awesome. So yeah. Thank you so thank much. You. Yeah. Hey. I hope that answered some, if not all, of your CBD questions. There's more where that came from. Head over to No High Wellness to get more information and to try out some of their products. That's No High, N O H I, wellness.com. And thanks for following along with me on Naturally Nomadic on Instagram. Would love your feedback. If you could subscribe on iTunes to the podcast, that'd be awesome. Leave us a rating or come over to the Instagram page to kind of interact with me a little bit more. Thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your day.